Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And And you're you're about about to to get get jumped. jumped. Welcome to episode 91 of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But you should still totally watch the anime. This week on Get Jumped, we're watching Naruto episodes 109 through 114, where eating the last chip is unacceptable. You have to die to become stronger, and the strongest fighting move turns you into a butterfly. Yeah, I mean, if you want to be the most powerful person on the planet, you need to be the most dangerous animal that has ever existed. The dangerous monarch butterfly. If we have learned nothing from the Ventura Brothers other than this, We have learned that the monarch butterfly is the most dangerous and the most devastating of all animals on the planet. Or at least that's what it says on this pamphlet that I got from this guy. Uh, And he had a wife, and the wife had a really deep voice. Um, But uh, I'm really thinking of joining up, Blake. Um, And uh, if you just give me a brief 48 minutes of your time, I will tell you all about how you should also join the monarch army. My god. Let's jump in. <laughs> uh, welcome to episode ninety-one. We're back with Naruto. God, I'm so glad that I, I'm so glad that I could have fit a fucking uh, Venture Brothers reference inside of the show. <laughs> yeah, that show is very good. Uh, yeah. Let's see. I wanted to mention at the top that I've been going back and listening to our old episodes. Um, I, I started over and I'm making my way about one episode a day up. And uh, I like our show. I think it's funny and interesting. Uh, but also I've noticed that sometimes Rashad speeds us up at the beginning so that he could fit in our intro thing before the like get jumped music sort of drops and we have for the last like two months made our intro way longer (laughs) and i don't know what it sounds like and i'm (laughs) concerned that he was like secretly pissed when we did that (laughs) sorry rashad Love you. Um, <laughs> by the way, you were like, you were like, I was making my way through the old videos and I could not stop myself, my brain from just going like making my way downtown, walking fast, watching podcasts, homebound. And I was like, I was like, shut up brain. You're an idiot. Anyways, this is our, this is our first, was that? Uh, well, I think I was about to get into what it sounds like you're about to get into. Oh, yeah. This is our first episode where I am living in a completely new city. Um, so, uh, I mean, by new city, I mean old city. And by old city, I mean the city that I'm originally from. Uh, we are now recording in two different cities that are now different, at least for one of us. Yeah, I'm in you're... Memphis. Uh, Blake is still in Cheyenne, terrible Wyoming. Yeah, you have switched from being an hour behind me to an hour ahead of me. And uh, you're back where we went to school and where we met and where all this shit began. <laughs> and I'm a fucking time traveler, you guys. <laughs> it's also crazy. We started this show when we both lived in Chicago. That's one. Then you moved to Portland. Then I moved to Santa Maria, California. Then I moved to Cheyenne, Wyoming. And now you have moved to Memphis. That's five moves in like two years of podcasting. Uh, And I'm planning to move before the end of the year or early next year. It's just like 30 minutes down the road, but it is actually going to put me over state lines into Colorado. And it's just wild. And then, of course, I think you'll be in Memphis maybe forever, but I will move about two years later because, you know, my in five or six weeks husband will he's in the Air Force and will be relocated to another place. uh, Not super soon, but not that far from now. (laughs) It's just crazy to think about it. Like, I know it's not that weird for people in our generation but it's just when you like have the two of us doing it so much all kind of contained on this show it's weird to think about it yeah yeah 
Um, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> it's cool. We've been to a lot of places. Anyways. And uh, what's yeah. also cool is, uh, you know, you're from Memphis, or at least the Memphis area originally, and your wife is uh-huh. originally from Memphis, um, and then my parents are from Nashville, which is three three hours away from Memphis, so uh, I have a good excuse to see you more frequently, most likely, and that's going to be really nice. Yeah, and we'll probably record episodes together, other than when we're just at cons. Um, yeah, like by the way, uh, I I will throw it out to uh, the couple of cons that I uh, applied for before uh, I had an impending child, um, and uh, they have been accepting us with higher regularity than I thought they were going to, and I have had to tell almost all of them that we cannot make it. <laughs> so, yeah, well, you know, um, because... You've been moving, and you have a kid due, what, in October? And I'm getting married in September, yeah. so we're busy. Yeah. So I I apologize to all of the different cons that we have applied for. We we really, really want to go to more cons. Yeah. Uh, the plan is to start to ramp it up again uh, next year um, yeah, to definitely. go to more cons. Um, we've already been like personally invited to three different cons this year that we had to say no to. Um, I've applied for about five other ones, uh, that we, uh, we applied before, um, like very, very early this year. And I have had to, uh, since say no to, um, but we, we want to continue doing that. Um, and if you are part of those cons or if you are another podcaster or somebody else that is, is doing these kind of cons, um, we, we do still want to stay on those lists and we still want to talk to you. Um, but right now, uh, the, the show is basically like what we can muster in our amount of time. Um, so we will be doing just that for a little bit. Um, yeah. and maybe some more crossover episodes because that are, those are still remote access. Um, but until then we will just keep on putting out the show. Yeah. And one of these days we'll figure out what to do for a panel and then we'll start paneling it at, at, uh, conventions. Cause we, yeah. I, you have had an opportunity to panel once, right? Yeah. I paneled at a convention that was right outside of, uh, Portland, Oregon. Um, it was, uh, I think it was close to Corvallis. Um, but anyways, um, it was a really small con. And one of the things that I did was it was about, uh, 25 people that came to the panel, which I was uh, not expecting. I was expecting like two people to show up to the panel. Um, but they asked a bunch of questions about like, you know, how to be a podcaster, um, why I got started doing podcasting. What are some like tips of the trade, uh, with doing podcasting uh, as if it was a trade, as if somebody was actually like paying us real money for this. I mean, we Um, do have Patreon (laughs) subscribers, so there is actual payment. It's not, I mean, I, I haven't been paid it all goes back into the show, but it does technically <laughs> exist. Yeah, we are we are making this a, a as a labor of love, everyone. So I mean, we we love what we do. We we love putting out the show, and we love that there are randomly people that talk to us about the show. Yeah. Um. So I mean, like we're gonna continue doing this until you know the wheels come off. Um. But if you if you ever want to support us more and. Uh, we are we are gluttons for doing more things. So um, <laughs> if we if we can have more support, we will obviously just do more things with the show. Yeah. Um, so, but there's don't um, worry about that. Yeah, it's cool too because I know there's a big anime convention in Nashville that I used to go to when I was in high school, and it's cool. I I think one of the things about moving around is we've been able to kind of look at like cons in our area and see what play, what uh, events that are maybe like regionally known, but we wouldn't necessarily have found out about them or thought about them before we like lived in that region. And um, so hopefully we'll be able to travel a little bit more, do more conventions (laughs) and um, really get the ball rolling on all that. Yeah. Well, in the meantime, uh, other things, if you're interested in them, uh, we still have uh, our our store is still up. If you're interested in doing more stuff uh, now that I've kind of like settled down back in Memphis, I'm going to be working more with a couple of different artists that I know um, about putting out uh, more T-shirt stuff. Uh, so if you think that's cool and you maybe want something or want to put it on a backpack or put it on whatever uh, our store, you can basically put whatever we put out on anything. You can put it on a cup. You can put it on a, I don't know, socks, maybe. I don't know. Uh, you should maybe. check out the store. Um, 
there's there's a couple of them out so far, and so if you're interested, you should do that. Um, yeah, but uh, uh, it's cool. We uh, I have one of our shirts that you you got us each a shirt for uh, Anime Central that we went to a little while ago, and mm-hmm. uh, it's really cool. If you like the show, they're nice shirts. The uh, they have like a fun anime thing on the back. They have a logo for our show. That's it's like there, but it's not obtrusive on the front and they're cool. So if you are into the show and you want some swag, it is available to you. And of course, like Spencer was saying, if you don't want a shirt, there's other options. Yeah. But anyways, I wanted to go ahead and get into these episodes because uh, finally Naruto has turned the corner from being uh, that show that I'm not super, super stoked about every time that we watch it. Um, how, as it has been in the past couple of weeks that we have done these episodes, uh, to one of my favorite fights, if they just didn't talk no jutsu so much, it would be better. But these, these episodes are like three great episodes worth of content and they're like six episodes. So let's go ahead and jump uh, in with previously on having, uh, having been listening to our early episodes, it is, um, Naruto's always good, but it's also often bad in other ways while it's good, mostly in the form of major pacing issues. Uh, this arc it does not have as many of those. I think the manga had really pressed ahead and they had the chance to just animate the story instead of, you know, dicking around every episode. And it's great. Uh, I've also I love this is this is such a good arc. It's I think probably the most exciting, if not best, arc in the uh, Naruto Part One. Which, uh, as a reminder, Naruto has a time jump coming up after this arc that in the anime will cause it to become Naruto Shippuden. In the manga, it's just called Naruto, but there's a time jump. Um, and this is the finale of the original Naruto before we skip ahead a couple of years and it's great and I remember loving it when I watched it a long time ago and wanting to rewatch it and we are finally here and it's so good uh it's probably my favorite thing that we're watching right now Soul Eater I think I'm gonna put it a close second because the Naruto episodes are also really good and they might not be quite as good but they have more nostalgia for me so I'm really really pumped about this um cool all right, so, so previously on Naruto. Naruto is a story set in a ninja world. It is uh people are, you know, anime ninjas so they can do cool powers and, you know, chuck giant waves or shoot fire out of their mouths or electricity from their hands. But uh they are ninjas. Um they live in a series of hidden villages which are not actually hidden I don't think um but they're that's just the name and they are sort of uh, connected in different regions and those regions are at a sort of tense political uh stasis that the ninja's presence helps to sort of maintain um the main character is a kid named Naruto which is where the show gets its name Uh, He's a ninja in training, something like 12 years old. He is really loud, energetic, brash. He uh, is an orphan and grew up with the entire town hating and shunning him for reasons that he was not aware of. Those reasons are that when he was born, a giant fox demon attacked the, the village, killed a lot of people, destroyed a lot of things, and then... The leader of the village sacrificed his life in order to seal that fox demon into a vessel, and that vessel was Naruto's body. He didn't know this, but he grew up as this sort of pariah in town, and it made him uh, the kind of kid who acts out for attention. Um, At the start of this series, he graduates from the Ninja Academy and gets put into a three-man squad, which is the sort of um, basic squad structure of the naruto universe um their three-man squad also has a single stronger more established and older ninja who is their teacher um so naruto's three-man squad is with sakura who is a girl that he has a major crush on and sasuke who is a boy that she has a major crush on Um, sasuke also it turns out is an orphan 
and has a big chip on his shoulder, it has made him the strong silent type in opposition to how Naruto turned out. And uh, he would like to kill the only other remaining member of his family, who was the reason that the rest of his family got wiped out. Their teacher is a guy named Kakashi. Uh, but this arc is mostly going to focus on Naruto and Sasuke, because the story of Naruto has been a story of their rivalry. Sasuke is a prodigy. He is adept. He picks things up really fast and does them particularly well. He also has a genetically inherited trait that makes him extra dangerous and powerful in a fight. Naruto, on the other hand, hasn't really had any of that going for him. He's kind of clumsy, kind of a dummy. He doesn't pick things up very fast. That has been changing as the series has gone on. And in the most recent uh, arc, and particularly in the arc before that, Naruto has shown himself to have made a giant leap ahead in competency and power. He now rivals and maybe surpasses Sasuke, at least in some ways. Sasuke has also been exposed to this and is having a little bit of a crisis of faith as far as no longer feeling that he is solid and being the guy who is the best at everything because Naruto is challenging that. Um, the last thing that you need to know leading into today's information is that there is a villain named Orochimaru. This guy used to live in the village where they live now, but now he lives outside of it and plots its destruction. In fact, he tried to destroy it, and Naruto was instrumental in repelling his attack. And that was kind of what set Sasuke on this path of feeling like he is not on top all the time anymore. Uh, Orochimaru, before he launched that attack, gave Sasuke something called a curse mark. He sort of inflicted it uh, unwillingly on Sasuke. It has become a kind of permanent infection in Sasuke's body that if he unleashes too much power, starts to painfully take over his body in exchange for giving him more power. It is not something that Sasuke has really used outside of one time, and that one time was kind of a disaster, so he hasn't used it since. But it has started to kind of pick at the edges of his mind. And now with all this stuff about Naruto happening as well, he's got a lot on his mind, which leads us into Naruto episode 109. Yeah, this episode 109 uh, is called An Invitation from the Sound. It starts out in a really cool way um, with uh, Sasuke being attacked by the Sound 4. Um, the, these guys, uh, we remember them last time. Uh, they were attacking uh, Ko Konoha. Uh, Konoha um, That's the village uh, when they were trying to. Yeah, the... the uh, Ninja president at the time was being attacked by Orochimaru, um, and they were making this big seal around him so that he could not escape. Um, that's basically all they did the first time that we met them, but now we're going to see the, see them beat up on a young child. Um, you know, like <laughs> so they're did. just going to, you know, they're just going to beat the crap out of Sasuke for a minute. Um, and also just like, you know, tell him how terrible he is and how he's useless and why does Orochimaru want him and why the, all of these villains that are in this show just, man, they just have to be so awful to the people that they're like dealing with. Yeah. And I'm like, I understand. It's like, you know, you want to hate these characters and this makes you hate them more by reminding you of when you were a child and people were dicks to you. Um, but man, oh man, do they give them shit all the time. The sound for mean people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's weird. They so the only reason this works is because the found like the the basis of what they're saying is so true for Sasuke that them being jerks to him doesn't eclipse that. Basically, mm. the core of their argument is Sasuke, you want more power, you need more power. In fact, Sasuke recently confronted his older brother for the first time since his childhood his older brother being the only remaining survivor of his family and the person who killed the rest of his family. Sasuke has sworn revenge, got his ass handed to him in basically no time at all by this guy. So he is kind of frustrated that he doesn't have this power, but the curse mark gives him extra power. And they're basically like, uh -huh. if you come with us, we can make your curse mark powerful. We can teach you how to use it, but you have to leave your village behind 
and sort of forsake yep. your allegiances to it. They then pepper yep. in tons of insults and a slight beating to him. And yep. that should all be disqualifying, but the underlying argument is too convincing. Yeah. So this episode, the only other real important part of this episode is that Sasuke is going to agree to go with them. But in order to do this, he has to forsake his village and he needs to leave. Um, in order to do this, he is confronted by Sakura, who has just finished eating ramen that was bought by Naruto. Um, and she is going to go pine over Sasuke a little bit until she sees him trying to leave the town. Um he is going to basically tell her that she is annoying and useless and she's she's going to try to fight to stay with him until the last moment where she's just like I don't care if you want revenge I don't care what you want and you 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 just need to take me with you even if you don't want me with you and he um disappears from in front of her arrives behind her knocks her unconscious and he's just like I uh, thank you for everything that you've done and then leaves the village. Yeah. That's basically the first episode. (laughs) Yeah. There's, there is one other aspect that I want to touch on, but I just want to talk about. So Sakura, this is a big moment for her and I don't remember it working for me and it worked so well for me this time. She is throwing down all of her emotional barbs to try and get him to stay She is invoking their bond that they have formed over the series of Naruto since they became a team and is basically saying, look, I know you have this vengeance. I know that from day one, that's what you said you were about, but we have become your family. Let that be more important to you. And if it's not, take me with you because you're important to me. I am in love with you. And Mm -hmm. if you're going to leave, I can't survive without you. And so you should take me with you. And to me, I read this as her saying, you, I expect you to care more about me and the friendship that we have formed, whether or not you're in love with me also, that you would not leave because of this, you know, passionate, sincere entreaty that I'm making to you. And you wouldn't put me at risk by taking you with you. And so you will stay. And instead, he thanks her for everything, but knocks her unconscious so that he can leave anyway. The other thing is, when she's eating with Naruto, she's really distracted. And Naruto knows that she is distracted. They are both aware that Sasuke has toyed with the idea of abandoning the village. And Sakura is worried that he's going to do it. Rightly so, obviously. Naruto assures her he would never leave. And this is crucial because Naruto makes this assurance... And he is about to make a promise. And these are huge character and, in fact, series-defining moments for Naruto. Yeah. This is leads into episode 110, Formation, the Sasuke Retrieval Squad. Um, that basically gives the, uh, the name of the arc, which is called the Sasuke Retrieval Arc. Um, it is... Uh, it is a very, very important arc that is going to stretch literally over, uh, like, this getting Sasuke back is, like, the entire rest of Naruto. <laughs> yeah, and we've mentioned so, this like, a long time ago. Naruto, the show, will continue for literally more than 100 episodes of filler. So if you look at the episode count, I think it goes up to the mid to high 200s. We're on episode 110. Mm-hmm. This arc does not go that far. So it's yeah, not going to last. There's going to be long. some crap after this arc. Don't worry about that. We crap. will entirely <laughs> skip it. Uh, but yeah, the um, yeah, as far as the manga series goes, this is the end until there is a time jump. This is not the end of Naruto for sure, but there is a time jump. This is the end of this story as it is for now. Yeah. So this episode is going to start out with a, a couple of dummy dummy ninjas just hanging around. And seeing Sakura laying there on a bench and being like, why are you laying on that bench, Sakura? You're going to catch a cold. Yeah, they, I swear. I almost thought they all were going to think that she had gotten, like, shit-faced. <laughs> all of these ninjas that are, like, in this village that are not main characters. Okay, so if you're just wearing normal Leaf Village colors and that's what you are wearing, don't worry, you don't matter. <laughs> yeah, and you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> Always, yeah. without fail. So... so 
so they wake up Sakura. Sakura is just like, oh shit. And she tells uh, them to tell Tsunade uh, that Sa- uh, Sasuke has been taken. Uh, Sasuke uh, is, is uh, been told by the Sound 4 that he is going to be their leader at the time. Um, so he's run off with them. Um, meanwhile, uh, we, we get a, a, a new team up that is completely different. Um, and that starts first off with Shikamaru being summoned to Tsunade. Um, there's also this great moment where like Shikamaru is sitting around with his dad and his mom and his mom is being like, really like she's, she's really getting onto Shikamaru and he like turns to his dad and he's like, why are you with her? (laughs) She's, he's. He's just like he's just like you know what she's like this sometimes, but it's really all worth it when she gives like a soft smile. And as someone who has been married a while, I'm like I kind of get this. Like, uh, like you know, like yeah. it's not it's not that your spouse is a mean person. You know, my spouse is a great person. She's awesome. But at the same time, like you know, people get on each other's nerves when they live together for a long yeah. time. But like, I just I I don't know like. When I was a kid, I don't think I reacted to my parents the same way that Shikamaru does. <laughs> no, definitely not. Shikamaru is he his main character trait is that he would like to be left alone so that he can be busy about doing nothing. And anybody yeah. who basically talks to him ever is interrupting him thinking silently to himself and he hates them. So that's kind of his deal. Yeah. But yeah, I I agree. You know, this is not really what our podcast is about, but, uh, you know, quick relationship moment. Sometimes when you're in a relationship, the person you're in a relationship with annoys the fuck out of you or frustrates you or makes you angry or sad or whatever. And, you know, you should address it if it's a big deal, but sometimes it's not a big deal. And what I've really realized is that, like, if it's not a big deal, the easiest solution is to realize that like people that live together frustrate each other just because they're, they're bumping into each other all the time. And sometimes you get frustrated by it and you love them and you remember why you love them and why you're so grateful to have them in your life. And then it's really easy to just stop being frustrated and move on. Yeah. Um, Like the more, you know, you guys, yeah, Uh, there's a couple of rainbows over our heads. You just learned all the relationships (laughs) from us. So, uh, yeah. Anyways, Shikamaru um, just talked about his personality. He also has shadow powers. Specifically, we have seen him be able to magically extend his shadow. If that shadow is able to connect with someone else, he can freeze them in place and then they mimic his movements. So that's his deal. We, he is also noteworthy as, uh, when Orochimaru attacked the village, he interrupted a tournament where the people in Naruto's class called um, Genin, which is like the lowest level of people who've graduated from Ninja Academy, they were taking what's called the Chunin exam, where they can rank up and become a little bit more responsible and recognized for their abilities and whatever. Shikamaru is noteworthy for being the only person who got promoted from that tournament. Yeah, uh, it's also Anyways, why Tsunade so, calls on him. She says specifically that he is basically the only person available to do this trip because a lot of the Jonin, which are in the even higher sort of elite level of ninja, were injured in the attack by Orochimaru and they are recovering and the village is weak and it must not appear weak. So the Jonin need to stay around to keep doing bit work, but also there for defense just in case. And so Jonin cannot go on this mission, which is why he has been selected, even though it's not necessarily the best choice. Yeah, Chunin also can't go on this mission, so he is going to have to get the lowest level of ninja, um, which uh, just happens to be the kind of ninjas that Naruto and gang are. Um, So um, he is going to go bring together uh, Naruto, um, Choji, Kiba, and uh, Akamaru, and Neji. Um, so these characters we have met before, uh, but giving you a quick rundown of who they are. Um, so Naruto, we've talked about a bunch of times. Uh, Choji is this like uh, kind of chubby kid that has the ability to like change his body shape. Um, I, I, size. He can expand his body or contract his body, I guess. He, I don't know if I ever I, see him contract it. But. I don't think he can contract. He's kind of like the giant man half of Ant-Man. He can make himself larger yeah. and attack that way. Um, 
he we've only seen him do it by inflating his size about two times and making him sort of like an orb and he can spin himself like a ball. He will demonstrate some new abilities later. Yeah. We also see uh, Kiba and Akamaru, which is uh, Akamaru is going to be the little tiny dog that travels with Kiba. Uh, they are a pair uh, that that fight really well together, and they have this really cool technique where they can basically turn themselves into like these crazy twisters um, and go and smash into things. They're a really cool pair of characters. And Neji, uh, who, if you'll remember, is the uh, older brother of Hinata. Uh, he is also like... Uh, if you think Itachi is a dick, uh, Neji is like young Itachi who didn't kill his family. Yeah. Um, Cause Neji is like so mean at the start of the show and he's pretty nice in these episodes, but like, man, he used to be the worst and yeah, especially he... to Lee of all people. <laughs> yeah. You, you will remember if you have seen the show or listened to our coverage that Neji was kind of a, he's not a villain, but he was an antagonist in uh, the arc that ended up with Orochimaru attacking the village. He sort of stood in Naruto's way and Naruto overcame him. And Neji grew up in a very cased system, sort of rigid social structure family. And because of that, believed that people's worth and abilities were predetermined at birth and could not be changed. Naruto's whole thing is that like working hard and being passionate can change your lot in life. And they conflicted over this. Naruto eventually won, and Neji has stopped being a douchebag ever since then because he took the lesson to heart. Um, so yeah. Im- important, we've met all of these characters. Neji and Shikamaru are only the, the only ones, aside from Naruto, of course, who have gotten any time in the limelight. Neji being the only one who's gotten a full story around him. Um, so yeah. several people are stepping up here. Choji has been on a team with Shikamaru. They are two of three people from a team. He was picked because Shikamaru and Choji have been friends for a long time. They work really well together. Kiba uh, is very dog-like and has a literal dog partner. So he was picked for his tracking abilities. He is from a different team. And Neji is from still a different team and was picked because he has an ocular technique that allows him to see um, basically energy instead of visual. And so he can help to survey their surroundings and they make a pretty good team. Naruto's actually the odd man out. And in fact, Shikamaru would not have put Naruto on the team, but Tsunade tells him to. Yeah. Uh, Tsunade basically said, it's the name of the show. You have to put him on the team. And Shikamaru was like, I'm that, fine. Yeah. That was her um, literal exact reasoning. Yeah. Anyways, uh, we're going to pick up on Neji being uh, joined into the team. And when he gets joined into the team, he's actually hanging around with Lee, which I did not expect. But Lee is going to be like, hey, I recovered fine from my surgery that was supposed to kill me. Um, It's fine. Uh, I'm going to keep on training and come back and fight um, in probably one of the best fights in the original Naruto show. But don't worry about that for now. See you in a bit. Yeah, he's he was very badly injured. We thought he wasn't going to be able to be a ninja anymore. He had a harrowing surgery. He is now pushing himself a little too hard to get back on his feet after said surgery so that he can do more ninja missions like this one. And in fact, he being there kind of interprets that he would have been asked to go on this mission if it weren't for his current predicament. And that helps to uh-huh. fire his resolve to get better. Yeah. Uh, the last thing that's going to happen before the end of this episode is that uh, Sa- Sakura is going to um, appear before they leave the village. Uh, she is going to ask and plead basically with Naruto uh, that she that he bring Sasuke back. And he's like, trust me, there is nothing that will stop me from bringing Sasuke back. And Sakura is resolved in this um, and yeah. they wander off into the distance. This is uh, That takes us into <laughs> episode 11. So Sound this, versus leaf. This is the promise heard round the world. This is huge. Yeah. And in fact, is series and arc defining for Naruto from now until the end of Naruto. This will be yeah. his entire purpose in this arc is that he made a promise to Sakura to bring Sasuke back and every decision he will make from now until the end of the series Naruto is based on that premise. And anyways, uh, it's huge. (laughs) This episode, we are going to have more Jonin, um, which I forgot this happened with. Um, 
and they're just hanging around in the forest. Um, but before we get to them, we have to learn all about how the curse mark works, how you can turn the curse mark into a stronger curse mark and be told about how you have to die before you can get this curse mark. Yeah. It's, it's, a really long explanation you guys it's so <laughs> dumb and this you know anime is melodrama and if there's one thing that i have reconciled in my adult life it's that soap operas come in many forms and they are not inherently bad i used to think that soap operas were stupid because the daytime soap operas there's actually a lot of things that are great about them like i mean they write and put on these shows in a 24-hour period and they do it five times a week that's really impressive and they're actually doing great work considering the constraints on their production. That said, soap operas tend to have melodramatic, not the best acting, melodramatic, not the best writing, sort of ridiculous things that happen because they're salacious rather than believable. And, uh, you know, it turns out that comic books and primetime dramas on the CW and anime all do that same shit, too. But this is one of the worst examples because Sakon is like, okay, well, now that we've gotten you out of the village, you have to die. And Sasuke's like, uh, huh, what? And then Sakon clarifies that you actually have to go through a process that would kill you, except that we're here and so you won't die. But he started yeah. off by saying, you do have to die, so chill the fuck out, Sakon. <laughs> yeah. There's also going to be a moment of the most dramatic leaf. Um, a leaf is going to fall down on Sasuke's like neck where the curse mark is, and then he's going to tell him all about all this stuff, and then Sasuke's like, well, I have to do it to get more power, and then the leaf is just going to lift off from the back of his neck and float away, and I was like, shut up, leaf. <laughs> It's because he's from the Leaf Village, and it's a super subtle metaphor about how the Leaf I know. covers I his like, curse mark, like, but then when it leaves, it's because he made his decision not to be in the Leaf anymore. I know. It's so stupid. Anyways. It's too um, much. So, yeah. So, these uh, these two Jonin that are hanging around in the woods after they put Sasuke in a barrel, don't worry about it, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> so, they, they give Sasuke some drugs and put him in a barrel, um, and then they take him off into the woods. Uh, a couple of Jonin, not all four of them for some reason, are going to um, fight against the Sound Four. This all happens off screen, though. Um, yeah. Also, and we one, pick of them, back up and, one of them is uh, surprise badass Shizune who does not join the fight and also i wasn't sure if it was shizune because shizune's design is so close to generic that when she's not in her shizune clothes i can't tell if it's her or not yeah and i was like why didn't you get to fight damn it shizune because <laughs> she's like, awesome you but never also, get, uh, she would probably lose and that would be bad so we're glad she didn't fight <laughs> She spits poison, Blake. She'll never be stopped. Um, anyways. <laughs> she spits um, poison like a rapper. Yeah. <laughs> she spits hot fire. No, that's five, Who are the five best rappers in the world? <laughs> shizune, 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 Shizune. Because she spits acid. <laughs> awesome. Anyways. Um, so, uh, anyways. Uh, they are going to get uh, into a fight, and the next thing that we're going to find out is that they have been completely decimated, um, but the Sound 4 that they are chasing, um, they are having to rest, and because of this, they've set up a whole bunch of traps behind them. Um, uh, Akamaru and Kiba are going to notice that there's the smell of blood on the air, so that's how they actually find where these, these ninja are and uh, they're going to catch up with them. Um, they avoid some of the traps. Uh, there's a moment... <laughs> man, I swear, like, there's there's a moment where Naruto almost just, like, straight up steps on a wire um, and yeah. kills uh, them all, basically, because they're surrounded by bombs, um, and he gets caught by, um, by Shikamaru using his shadow technique to catch him in midair. Right. Um... Anyways, um, they, they're going to catch up with the sound, um, and uh, before they start fighting them, it turns out that they actually know that they've come and to attack them, um, and they have been tracking them with like little spider webs throughout the, the, the woods. Yeah, because um, one of the dudes this because is of, a spider like, guy. 
Yeah, Spider Guy has his spider name? powers. I don't remember his name. I, re- I literally remember the other three and Kimimaro, and I don't remember Spider Dude. And they didn't yeah, say it dude. in any of these episodes, and I was so pissed. <laughs> Peter. It's it's Peter. Ah, uh, Peter, Peter the Spider Guy. <laughs> I like that we took a small break to laugh at our own dumb joke. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, you know, like I said, I've been listening to our show. We do that shit a lot. Whatever. Anyways, defense, um, so <laughs> this episode is going to end on a cliffhanger where it looks like uh, Neji and Shikamaru are going to be blown up. Um, and uh, we leave that into episode 112, Squad Mutiny, Everything Falls Apart. Um by the way, there is also a very small part of the show that is focusing back on the Leaf Village. Don't worry about it. It's just basically telling you uh, that uh, that Lee is getting better um, and he is wanting to train. Yeah. You have to remember him in the back of your mind so that we can have this awesome fight later, but don't worry about that right now. Yeah, it's not happening during our coverage today. So uh, they, yeah. they seem like they're going to be taken out, but then Shikamaru is able to sort of turn things around with his shadow possession jutsu, but uh, that does not last almost at all for like more than a second. And then the uh, the sort of big guy on the sound team, this dude named Jirobo, he has um, earth-type jutsu, and he traps them in this earth prison. Uh, basically, mm-hmm. the, the ground around Shikamaru and his team forms a dome covering them and they are trapped inside of it. Yeah. This, this technique is really cool and his ability is really cool. Um, but we're not even going to really see him have like a cool fighting technique. He's just going to be a big dick who can absorb energy. Um, what he's going to do is uh, while they're trapped inside of this dome, he can like s- energy vampire away their their chakra. Um, and he talks about how he's going to get a big meal out of all these kids. Yeah, um, it's so- important to know chakra is life force. So if you take enough of it, you will kill them. Yeah. So the other three of the sound are going to go and run off. Uh, they're going to take their, their big barrel full of, full of Sasuke, um, and they're going to run off into the distance. Oh, um, Sasuke really is a barrel of laughs. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, Jirobo is going to uh, continue to absorb their energy while they try to figure out a way to get out. Um, it turns out that they can't just break out of this rock formation because not only is it uh, sapping their energy, but it also regenerates it because he is putting his own chakra into it at the same time. Yeah, um, they keep using uh, their attacks to try and break out, and it, it doesn't do much, and whatever it does gets healed away. Yeah, so um, Kiba and Akamaru are going to find the weakest point, which is the furthest part away from Jirobo. Um, and well, first, uh, they Shikamaru are... is going to pretend to sell everybody out. Oh, yeah, forgot about that part, too. Yeah, Anyways, it's literally whatever. the it reason matter. why the episode is called this. Uh, he's going to talk some shit about how Jirobo can kill the rest of them if he lets Shikamaru go, and how Shikamaru doesn't really care about this and would rather lay about all day which is fully in line with his character this is actually a ruse so that shikamaru can mask the sound of them figuring out where the weak point is which is basically the point on the opposite end of the dome from where jirobo is because he's he has his hand on the dome feeding his chakra into it and basically the chakra loses potency as it goes around the dome so the farthest point away is weakest and heals the slowest and is the weak point Yeah. So this leads to Choji using his ability to turn into like a big giant ball of Choji um, and ram himself into the wall hard enough to where it breaks through and they escape. This leads into episode 113, Full Throttle Power, Choji Ablaze. Um, And the next episode, uh, I swear, these episodes run together for me uh, because they are... They're really just about the Choji Jirobo fight, and they're great. Um, yeah. I I love this fight because it gives me one of those things inside of Naruto that is going to continue to happen inside of the, especially this arc. But it moves into Naruto, Naruto as a whole, which is the thought of like 
an ensemble show where people get moments that you do not expect. And this is one of the very first ones. We are going to get a character that we have... What was that? That's a really good point. We've seen characters have moments to shine during the tuning exam, but that was kind of self-contained. That definitely was where Naruto first exhibited its ensemble cast. But this is where, like, in a storyline that's not a tournament forcing characters to fight each other, that... uh, characters who are not the named character and his immediate teammates really have a chance to show their stuff. Yeah. So Choji is going to uh, start his fight uh, inside of this episode. Um, Shikamaru has a, a plan to stay originally when the Rudo and fight against Robo. Uh, but Choji was like, no, I definitely want to, f- I definitely want to fight. Um, so, uh, Jirobo is going to, uh, get into just like a back and forth with Choji. This leads into Choji showing. Was I was going to say they, they, yeah. Shikamaru's plan has Choji continuing with the team. He and Naruto staying behind and he has some reasoning as far as like what their techniques do. And it's a, actually a really good plan, but Choji volunteers himself. And I think it's because Choji is able to recover his chakra and they aren't. But I don't remember what it is, but basically Choji has a good reason for staying, and Shikamaru uh, relents and allows it. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Choji is going to start his fight first and foremost by handing off his uh, senzu beans uh, to the other characters, (laughs) um, which are these food pellets that give you your energy back. Um, But uh, he kept the best senzu beans beans for himself. Also, can I point it out that, like, food pellets inside of the show and the senzu beans inside of Dragon Ball Z have the same fucking, like, I'm eating a rock sound. Um, It's basically, (laughs) like, a very loud crunching sound that makes me think that you're breaking your teeth. Um, it's an awful sound and they always do it with these kind of things, but whatever. Anyways, so Choji is going to... (laughs) You know how uncooked beans are the best. Yeah, they give you your power back. That's uh, right. Whatever. Um, anyways, Choji is, is going shit to later. <laughs> shut up. <you laughs> So, anyways, so Choji is going to get into the fight with Drobo. They give a little bit of back and forth uh, until he uses his first of his Senzu beans, which is a green one, which is full of spinach. Um, so he goes full on Popeye and turns into Senzu beans. Yeah, he wraps himself in kunai knives and blows himself up again, so he turns into a big ball covered in spikes. Um, this is more dangerous to Jirobo, uh, who thinks that he's like, no, I can stop you with a, a big block of uh, stone. And he's like, fuck you, you can. And he runs into the block of stone and breaks through it. And he tries to like catch him, but then he gets like stabbed in the legs and the arms, and it's just like, yeah, he's covered in knives, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> So Choji definitely is winning this fight at the beginning, but then Jirobo turns up the power. Uh, I think he actually turns himself into his curse mark form in order to turn the tide of the battle. And what's important and what we actually haven't seen before, we kind of know this because it's sort of been mentioned offhandedly, but this is the first time it's been demonstrated, is that when you activate the power of your curse mark, your form changes. You become a little bit more monstrous. Um, and the curse mark before you transform the markings that appear on your skin when it activates are different depending on who it is and the form that you take is different but more or less it makes you look sort of like a spiky earth skinned demon person and uh, that's what Jerobo does yeah Jerobo's the first thing that he does is he releases the first form of the mark which just increases your power level it looks like uh, little arrows on him that are like pointing up to his face um, and that he is going to take Shikamaru or he's going to take Choji down. Um, Meanwhile, Shikamaru and, uh, and the gang are talking about how they're like, Choji is the wink link. And Shikamaru is just like, you don't know what you're talking about. Um, Choji is way stronger than you imagine. Um, This leads into episode 114. Goodbye, old friend. I'll always believe in you. Um, This is going to take us through a couple of things that are great about Naruto and a couple of things that I fucking hate about Naruto. Yeah, you said earlier that this is a big fight for you, and it was a big fight for me until the end. And we'll talk Mm -hmm. about it when we get there. (laughs) Yeah. 
So, the first thing that is going to happen is that Choji is going to eat his second of his senzu beans. It's the yellow one. And uh, Shikamaru is like, don't eat the red one no matter what, though, Choji, thinking to himself, he's definitely going to eat the red one. Um, but whatever. Um, it, you know, if you eat the red one, you leave the Matrix. That's basically yeah. what's going to happen. Don't worry that's, about it. Um, so, uh, Choji is going to become stronger and he's going to start using these badass techniques um, where he can grow different parts of his body at different times. Um, it's just like this big slap thing that he does yeah. where he turns one of his hands huge and then he does like this big like falling leg thing where he turns one of his legs giant and smashes into the ground. Yeah, and then Jorobo throws jutsu. him it's the first time yeah. we've seen him expand parts of his body, but not others. Yeah. And then Jerobo is going to throw him up into the air and Choji's like, bad move. And he turns into just like a giant and slams on top of Jerobo. Yeah, it's dope. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, yeah. Jerobo is also really strong and resilient. And so he lifts Choji up and delivers a pretty bad blow to him gets pretty much the definite upper hand and lays Choji out for a good talking shit session where Jiroba just tries to dress yes. Choji down as much as possible. Yeah, so this is where we're going to get to one of the things that I hate about Naruto. I understand why it's there, but I hate it. Um, we're going to get oh so much backstory where we're going to hear all about how uh, Shikamaru and Choji became friends when they were little kids. Um, they found this out because they realized that they both like to relax um, and they do not want to do things if they don't have to. Uh, Choji does it while he's snacking. Uh, Shikamaru does it because he just doesn't want to do anything and he wants to relax. Um, and it's also got this great moment with Choji and his dad where he's like, uh, his dad's just like, you're going to find somebody in your life that means something to you. And you're going to find a friend that connects with you on a way that you don't expect. Um, just be aware that you're not going to be alone for the rest of your life. And it's this really heartwarming moment. I like it. I yeah. don't like the fact that they take almost an entire episode to do it. And then they set you up. Um, for Choji using his final senzu bean, which is the chili senzu bean, um, and it is going to give him an absurd amount of power, um, so much so that it changes his body form because he has so much life energy that is running through him. He says that he is a hundred times more powerful than he was before, and he is going to use that to beat the Christ out of Jirobo. Yeah, the, but the, the problem chakra... with this starts to flow out of his body and also i think steam or sweat kind of comes out of his body too because he literally becomes like he loses all of his weight because all of the you know fat is just your body storing energy and so he this food pill has caused him to unlock that energy all at once so his fat like vanishes and his chakra is exploding so much that it bursts out of him and it looks like butterfly wings on his back. Yeah, it also looks like it. he's he's also emitting it so much that it looks like butterflies are just floating around Jerobo. Um, and uh, he is like very he's like very taken aback by this. Um, he is going to be hit basically three times before he is completely murdered. Um, and the, the reasoning why Choji gives each time he punches him, the first punch is because he ate the last of his snacks. The second punch that he gives him is because he says, uh, that he is fat and useless. And the third punch is the one that he puts everything behind. And Drobo's like, we can talk about this <laughs> right before he like comes down with this gigantic punch to his stomach. And he's like, this is because you talk that shit about my best friend. Um, and there's this great moment where they are running through the forest, the Neji and Shikamaru and the rest of the gang. Shikamaru cuts back when he like feels like, uh, Choji's energy is suddenly, uh, really high. And then after this, we are going to be left with the image of Choji dying. Yeah. The, Choji... There's this really sweet moment where he finds a note that they carved into a tree about like, Hey, don't take too long. Make sure you catch up to us. And, like, there's a note from all of them as a group, like, encouraging him and, you know, accepting that him as a valuable member of the team. And it's so touching. And then he definitely dies. Yeah. And this is something that we've covered on the show before. And this is what we're going to kind of leave you with today. 
one of the things that I think is done really well in a lot of uh, different uh, different shows um, is the ability to like make people look like they have almost died and then coming back to it and being like, no, actually they survived by this like weird occurrence, you know, they do it in, they do it in a couple of like the Marvel movies. They do it in uh, like definitely in comic books and different manga. Um, But I think it is the most obnoxious to your readers and your viewers when you give somebody a very clear death scene and then fucking take it away. Yeah. Choji, if you, if you're wondering, he lives. It's yeah. just the same where it's just like Sasuke definitely died at the early parts of the show. He should not have survived. Choji also should not have survived. And it makes it to where there is no like fear of the people dying Yeah, because they're just going to get it retconned later out. Yes, there is a difference between making the audience think that a character has died because of context clues making the characters in the story think that a character has died because of context clues and then having them show up having survived the thing for one reason or the other. That can be done poorly, but it is the right way to go about faking a death for dramatic effect. What we have here in Naruto and what you alluded to, which we've had before, when Sasuke is killed in the first arc, what happens there is that Sasuke is hit with a a large amount of lethal blows from pointed weaponry and dies on screen. Then one of the characters, uh, Naruto specifically becomes enraged, gets super powerful because of his outrage over Sasuke's death, wins the fight. And then after the fight, they walk it back and are like, no, he was just really injured and unconscious. He Definitely died. This is the same, but honestly, to me, even more egregious because it's not a spur of the moment. And they say it over and over again. Shikamaru says it while he's thinking about Choji's food pills that make him more powerful, what we've been calling the senzu beans. Choji says it also to himself about this and takes like a moment to think about it before taking the red pill. And specifically, it is that the red pill causes you to use so much of your chakra that it leaves you and you die no matter what. That is the consequence of taking it. And it is stated over and over again in relation to this fight. He then does it right before doing so reiterates that this is a price he will have to pay and that he is willing to give his life for this cause. Then he takes it. Then he wins. Then he goes and has a death scene, which is really good and super emotional and moving until you know that he just gets better and there are no consequences. He is not injured. He does not lose any of his ninja power. Nothing happens. He's fine. And it's bullshit. Like you cannot, if you want him to survive, you can't build it up like that. There is no plausible deniability There is no ambiguous wording that they interpreted to mean death, but it doesn't actually. It literally says on the tin, if you do this, you will definitely die, guaranteed, and then he doesn't. It's not okay. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's one of those things about Naruto that is is weird to me, and I just wish they commit. Yeah, he's not willing to Anyways. commit to it. And honestly, he could have, and the story would not have majorly been affected, and this scene would have been a little more powerful. Choji's totally cool, and he does some good stuff later on, but you don't actually need him to do the stuff. You can definitely write the story with other characters doing it. You did not have to pull back from this, and it's kind of a bummer, but, you know... The fight's still really good, and the moments still really work, even if the author doesn't stick to them after all. Yeah. Anyways, uh, stick with us after the credits, and we will give you a sneak peek of what we're doing next week. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions. With sound editing done by Rashad English of Plain English Productions. He's our level six sound wizard. Level up. Our podcast is ad-free, and we want to keep it that way. If you want to keep it that way too, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Follow us on Twitter at B and S Get Jumped, 
Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Blake and Spencer get jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash get jumped. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New episodes come out every Sunday on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Buzzsprout, or wherever you get your podcasts from. And hey, thanks for listening. Next week on Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, we're watching JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 3 Stardust Crusaders Part 2 Battle in Egypt Episodes 64 through 67. The episodes are called The Guardian of Hell Pet Shop. So Yeah, uh, the pet shop is uh, hell, and uh, you can go in and you can buy a big dog with three heads, or you can buy uh, some condemned souls. It's like a little pet shop of horrors. Yep, that's what it is. Oh man, I'm so tired of watching Children's Bizarre Adventure. <laughs> <laughs> hell (laughs) the guardian of hell is just like you know us having to watch another season of jojo's (laughs) yeah